Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To move up, there's got to be a guy worthy of it. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I don't know if I agree with that, but I don't know if that's the right course of business. When we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years and we think he's the right guy. Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? All right, welcome back. This is Zach Kiefer joined by James Boyd. That was Chris Ballard a couple weeks ago at the NFL Combine discussing the decision to move up, to not move up, whether these quarterbacks are worth it, what his thinking is at this such a critical time for his tenure and for this franchise. And before we move on, we're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into the Panthers-Bears trade. We're going to dig into Lamar Jackson. We're going to dig into so many different free agency decisions the Colts are facing this week and in the coming weeks. We have a new name. I passed (laughs) on the naming rights to James Boyd. James, reveal to the listeners what the Colts podcast for The Athletic is now called. Upper quartile. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. Where'd you get that from? I wonder. (laughs) I appreciate everyone chiming in on Twitter, giving us suggestions. It was a lot of fun, but I felt like this is a name in all seriousness that will obviously carry over from whatever coach they have, quarterback they have. Obviously, we're wishing Shane Steichen well. I expect him to be here for a while, but I think after last season which scarred me in many ways um jokingly i say upper quartile feels pretty fun um something that you know it's inside joke for all colts fans i guess and so we'll uh we'll go from there (laughs) you guys will always remember where you were i certainly will remember james you will as well when you heard that the first time it was it was (laughs) one of the more surreal press conferences i've covered in nine years on the beat and there have been some doozies there have been some wow moments on this beat but the upper quartile of the top quartile was just an all-time <laughs> quote. So good pick on your end. It's going to be an all-time podcast. So that's why we picked it. There you go. All right. So we got some fireworks on Friday night. There was a trade up to number one. The Bears got the haul they wanted to some degree. And the Panthers were, were the team that made the move, not the Indianapolis Colts. The Panthers had a lot longer way to go coming from the ninth spot mm-hmm. all the way up to one. Frank Reich's obviously there. Frank Reich knows the quarterback carousel as well as everybody in Indianapolis because he was here for so long. Not surprising that the Panthers made a bold move. They have an owner who has been trying desperately to make this kind of move the last couple of years. And they've had three top 10 picks the last couple of years. They didn't use them on a quarterback. And they've sort of been hemming and hawing and, and taking guys laid and signing Baker Mayfield. And it just hasn't worked out. So on a Panthers level, this makes sense. They wanted to be bold. But James, we're Colts reporters. Why didn't the Colts make this move? I felt like the price was probably just too high at at that point for someone not to be convicted. Everyone's kind of up in arms. And perhaps if Indy acted first, they could have got the first pick. And then the Bears maybe could have worked back again with the Panthers. But it just felt like when I saw the haul that they got from the Panthers, I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way the Colts could have even matched that and seriously 
been able to justify it if you're not really believing in the guy. And so I also want to point out to some of the fans who are just really killing him for not moving, which I understand you, you kind of, as a fan, I would love for my team to be aggressive more often than not, but I'm not the GM, obviously. It's not my job on the line. But it's worth noting that the Panthers are further along too, right? So you give up a lot, and this is a team that with a pretty good quarterback play could probably make the playoffs next year. Now, they gave up DJ Moore, who's a great wide receiver for them. Great player. Even in a down year, I think I love last that year, move he still for had... The Bears. I like, love the Bears oh, adding oh, him. And he's, yes. on a, he's on a team-friendly deal. That's such a good move for them. Exactly. And I think he had a quote-unquote down year last year, and he still had over 800 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. You know, for context, I think Michael Pittman Jr. had three touchdowns all of last season, maybe four. And so... Not his fault. He didn't have a quarterback. No, exactly. But there, again, that speaks to how much further along they are as a team. Now, you gave that up to get the right to draft, I would assume, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And there's been reports that they haven't really settled on a guy. I think that's just more leverage than anything. I don't see how you trade up to number one and don't have a guy in mind. They don't have to have a guy. They don't have to decide, which is their prerogative now, owning that top pick. I know. It's smart. It's smart. I get it. But from your perspective, Zach, were you surprised that the Colts didn't move up to one? Because to me, it always felt like you had to give up at least two first-round picks minimally. And judging by what the Bears got from Carolina, again, they had to come further. But I still think that it would have been more than just two picks and you're in. No, I'm not. And going back to the conversations I had this weekend and, and going back to what Ballard has said a couple times and, and everyone sort of zeroed in on his comments after the season. Yeah, there's no doubt I'll move up if I feel like there's a guy there. And then last couple of weeks ago at the combine, it was more tempered. It was like, well, listen, I don't know if we can't get the guy at four. Right now, he mm-hmm. said he would move up if he felt convicted. But this is something I mentioned on this podcast a couple of times and a couple of weeks ago. I said, for me, this comes down to the gap. It's the gap between whoever they rank number one and two and three and four, right? That's that pool, that Richardson, Levis, Stroud, and Young. I don't think the Colts feel like there's a huge gap. And that's probably why they didn't feel the conviction to move up to go get whoever is ranked number one, because they don't feel like number one is that far ahead of number two, or maybe number two is that far ahead of number three. Now, this is part speculation on my part, but it's part me putting the pieces together They were going to move up if they felt like it was the right guy. They didn't feel like that guy was there in this draft. Now, that doesn't mean they don't like some of these quarterbacks, but they also see some flaws in each of these guys. And that's something we've also been saying. And and in the back of the Colts' minds, trust me, is the fact that more often than not, when you convince yourselves that there's a guy in this draft and you move up to get a quarterback, more often than not, it doesn't work out. Look Look at the Jets a couple of years ago. They traded with the Colts to move up to number three. They drafted Sam Darnold. He was out of their organization within a couple of years. More often than not, 60, 70, 80% of the time, it does not work out. However, everyone focuses on the times that it does work out. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys are the exception to the rule. They are not the norm. A couple of years ago, the Packers traded up to go get Jordan Love. We don't know if Jordan Love's a good player. We're going to find out, it sounds like, pretty soon. <laughs> and then a couple years ago, this was a huge deal. The San Francisco 49ers yes. were so eager to move off Jimmy G. They traded the farm to go get Trey Lance. And two years later, partly because of injury, nobody knows if Trey Lance can play. So conversely, and I've heard from a lot of fans who liked the fact that the Colts didn't move up if they felt like they had the right guy. And again, we have to point out the fact that this was a haul. Like, this is two ones, two twos, and a really good Pro Bowl caliber receiver. That's a big deal. So all of that is fine. If you want to be 
conservative, if you want to be smart, if that's the right word you want to use, and not bet the future of your franchise on a player you're not convicted for. Conversely, James, the Colts need to find a freaking quarterback, and they need to be aggressive at some point. I still think it comes at number four this year, if that's where they stay. But where do you land? Because both things can be true. It's fine to be conservative and not rush it and not force a move if you don't believe in it. But who's going to be throwing the football to the receivers this fall? Because you need somebody. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question right there. And I felt like, going back a little bit to what we were just talking about, there's more pressure on Carolina to move up that Derek Carr went to the Saints. I know they talked about Derek Carr at the Combine. Frank Wright yeah. talked about him, the GM as well. And they sung his praises, but the GM literally said, in an ideal world, we draft a quarterback. You can do more with a quarterback on a rookie contract. When he's homegrown, it's just better all around. And obviously there's reasons why Derek Carr is no longer in Las Vegas. If he had been a great quarterback, he'd still be there. And then number two, I touched on this in my piece, um, which was kind of weighing their options now. I think Jalen Carter, his arrest for the two misdemeanors in the crash that he was allegedly involved in or the racing or whatever, affected the draft in a bit because in my mind, if the Bears are going to like stay away from him at number one, we don't want to touch him. His situation's too bad or whatever. And then with Arizona there at three with a chance to take Will Anderson, it felt like in my mind the Bears had less incentive to trade back with the Colts at number four because then you'd be overdrafting a player if your team needs a defensive guy. Like, for example, they move back to number nine. They can still get, you know, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern most likely or someone in that range and then still get an enormous haul on top of that. So I kind of felt like the Colts – in a way, did nothing. And then in doing nothing, even before this trade went down, they still had to give up more because of Jalen Carter, because of Derek Carr. So that kind of um, made it less surprising to me that they didn't move up because of some other mitigating factors. Now, you look at where they where they are at number four, and I posed this in a piece, and I, I tried to not cheat you all and just you know give you a paragraph on each one. Like I tried to lay it out. But you know now you have to weigh, do we stay at four? and hope no one jumps you and if someone does jump you are you okay with having the fourth pick at quarterback in this draft or do you you know break the bank and try to go get Lamar Jackson which I think is the least likely of all scenarios honestly I think the most likely scenario you stay at number four if you didn't feel like you had a chance to move up to number one I don't see how you can move up to number three without giving up number four and potentially your first round pick next year as well. Because Arizona has all the leverage. They're perfectly fine with taking Will Anderson or even Jalen Carter um, if, no one, if, if no one else wants to touch him at number three. And so it feels like the Colts are going to have to just wait it out. And ideally, they'd hope that no one jumps to bed three. And if they do, that's where you go back to what Ballard was saying, where they come in all shapes and sizes and you work with Shane Steichen and you hope that he can work some magic with whoever's left. And I even made the case for Regardless of what happens, if they move up or not, stay number four, I like Anthony Richardson as a prospect better than Will Levis, mainly because I get it, understand, like, Will Levis is more polished in some senses. He's also three years older, and he said it himself, like, his biggest claim, you know, as far as being a future successful quarterback in this league is his arm talent. He says he has a cannon. Zach, you were there. Anthony Richardson might have a bigger cannon. Yeah, and it I, I looked don't think even anybody more, has a bigger arm than Richardson. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, if, you, if your biggest thing is your arm, and there's another guy in this draft class who has a bigger arm, who's younger, who's more athletic, arguably the 
most athletic QB prospect ever. And if he hits again, this is a huge if. Yeah. He could come out here and not be, you know, anything and never really put it together. But if he hits, he's Cam, he's Lamar, he's the next breed of that type of guy, or even a Jalen Hurts type, you know, which would be super enticing for Colts fans, obviously seeing the success that Stockton just had with Hurts. But again, these are huge ifs. But I just feel like if you stay at four and those two are available, I'm taking a swing on the guy with the most upside in the draft. That's going to be a me. fun discussion. And I'm so, sure one they'll have. They'll have it. And I'm sure. Street. And last thing I'll let you jump in. I'm sure the interviews will play a huge part in this. I do think that Levis will be more mature. He'll have better answers and things like that. Because you saw glimpses of it, you know, at the combine, what Anthony Richardson was saying. And I get it. He was not throwing to a lot of talent at Florida. So that's one knock on him as far as his completion percentage. Still that is little, Florida. you know, he's like saying, oh, I can't throw it and catch it too. And it's like, dude, you're not throwing old. like he's 20 dimes, years old too. you know? And then, well, you know, another thing he said was someone asked about his touch and he's like, well, if I throw it, you better catch it. It's like, that's not how it works. You can't like drill a guy five yards away on a screen pass or 10 yards away on a screen pass or a bubble screen or whatever. Right. And Will Levis, although he had some pretty crazy responses, I asked him about, you know, what he can bring a team right now. He's like a championship, you know, uh, mindset or I can help him win a championship. And it's like, you didn't win anything at, at Kentucky. You were right. beat out at Penn State. They're like, all no, flawed. Win a championship. They're all flawed. Exactly. I mean, you can speak to him like, what do you think is the fatal flaw of each quarterback? Because there is, in my opinion, at least one obvious one that just everyone can kind of see or point out to make it easier for all of us to kind of know there isn't a consensus. Number one, surefire, Charlie Lawrence, Joe Burrow, you know, Andrew Luck in this draft. It feels like there's so much risk staying at four because you're not going to get your choice of a quarterback. Right. And then you have, you know, Arizona's one spot ahead of you and, and Arizona's open for business. Right. I think that's pretty clear. They said that at the combine, mm -hmm. They don't need a quarterback. They just paid Kyler Murray a quarter of a billion dollars. But there's also so much risk in trading up. And so they have to weigh that. And that's really what jobs get decided upon. But this is an interesting question that was posed to me this weekend. If we all agree there's no Burrow or Lawrence or Luck at the top of this draft, and I think everybody out there agrees, then why would you trade that type of haul to move up to get these guys? If there's not that much separation in yeah. your mind, like Richardson is a total is a total wild card. He's he's a better prospect than he is quarterback right now. And Stroud, you know, I really liked his footwork at the combine. I really liked his throwing motion. But Levis, not great pocket presence, you know, made some bad decisions, didn't elevate his team at Kentucky, despite the fact there's a lot of context that goes into that, the, the OC change, et cetera. Injuries. Mm -hmm. And Bryce Young is is small, man. And I'm not sure if, if at the end of the day I'm going to draft that guy that high if I don't know if he can last for 10 or 12 or 15 years in this league against the traits that I've always believed in. And I'm speaking for Chris Ballard, who said he's got certain traits, certain physical traits he wants for every type of position, right? And only rarely does he go beyond that. Those are the real knocks for each of those guys. And, and the question that was posed to me, if there was a sure thing in this draft, if there was a star quarterback that you knew was going to be a guy, the Bears are not trading out of number one. They're not giving up that pick and they're taking that dude and they're shipping Justin Fields somewhere else because he's not proven yeah. he's the guy. And right. so that's the reality. And I think that's sort of the Colts thinking right now is, OK, if there was a Lawrence or a Burrow, let's go get him. And that's what Chris Ballard said. And you heard that in the original clip. If there was a no doubt, we were absolutely convicted that this is the guy that's going to be here for 10 or 15 years. Those are easy. But those guys mm -hmm. only come around once in a while. There's not that guy in this draft. That's why the next seven weeks are going to be so fun and so maddening because there's no easy answer. 
But if you don't feel like that guy's in this draft, don't mortgage your future on a guy you don't love. I'm totally okay with that. And again, this decision is not about 2023. The Colts are probably not going to be very good next year. The reality is you need to find the right guy at the right spot and see what happens. And you need to bet on your coaches to a degree. And this always sort of gets lost in this. But, you know, Steichen's voice is going to have a lot of say in this as well. And the visits that are coming up are going to have a lot of say. But that's going to be the fun part. And and I think to put a bow on this before we sort of shift gears to the Lamar Jackson conversation, the Colts are desperate to a degree. Everybody knows in this league that they need a quarterback. But they don't want that desperation to cloud their judgment, right? They don't want the fact that they need a quarterback to force them into a move too soon. On the flip side, I hear all you guys out there. I hear you. You can't just sit on the sidelines for 10 years and never draft a quarterback. Ballard needs to swing at some point. I know for a fact because he told me this, Jim Irsay is tired of the veteran route. He wants to, in his words, grow his own. you got to take a swing in the draft. This is the best pick. This is the highest pick you've had since 2012 when you drafted Andrew Luck number one. And that was easy. That didn't even require scouting. This is a lot different, and there's a lot more nuance to this, and that's why it's going to be so challenging. This is how the Colts are finally starting to see how the other half live in the league. I was just going to say, yep. You don't get Peyton Manning over Ryan (laughs) Leaf. You don't get Andrew Luck over RG3. Now you need to do it the hard way, and it's really freaking hard because you're at four, and teams behind you are giving up the farm to move up. The other option on the table, presumably, is Lamar Jackson, who's a free agent of sorts, non-exclusive tag. Other teams can negotiate with him this week. They would have to give up two first-round picks. That would be the fourth pick for the Colts and the next year's first-round pick. To move up, obviously, they would have to offer him a contract that he agrees to that is more than what the Baltimore Ravens are willing to pay. Lamar reportedly wants a fully guaranteed deal in the realm of what Deshaun Watson got last year. I know for a fact that around the league, the owners absolutely, unequivocally, do not want guaranteed contracts to become the norm. They want Deshaun Watson to be an anomaly, not the new trend. You wrote about this extensively, James, in a story that was published Sunday morning on The Athletic. Does Lamar Jackson even come into the conversation? And what are the factors that will go into the Colts' thinking as they weigh adding a 26-year-old former MVP? Yeah, I don't think it's all that realistic because to me, at the end of the day, money is what drives this league. I get championships is a huge deal. And Lamar Jackson, to me, is the best option of the available three of staying put at number four, moving up to number three. Or, He's a proven commodity. Exactly. These quarterbacks proven, are. Exactly. Youngest MVP in league history. Now, again, I, I hear the talks about collusion. I don't even think it's specifically Lamar Jackson himself. It's like you said, they don't want to set this precedent where they're moving towards becoming like the NBA or MLB, where all these contracts are, you know, once you sign it, it's basically your money and they, and, and they don't have any more leverage in that. And I think it's very different having covered both leagues for a short amount of time, but the NBA is very, very much player driven. They decide pretty much everything. It seems like they have a lot more say so and power and money and stuff like that. The NFL is not like that and they do not want to become that. And so I think for a player to set that precedent where, I mean, outside of Deshaun Watson, which was a crazy, unique situation in and of itself, a desperate franchise, a player that hadn't played in a while, a team looking to just get rid of him, a lot of factors, obviously his misconduct, you know, on or off the field, I'm rather, 
those types of uh, allegations that were levied against him, whatever the case may be, it was very, very unique. That was not a normal thing. And you look back and I had to go back and look Kirk Cousins, who became the first QB to get a multi-year, you know, guaranteed deal, which was, I think, three years, 84 million back in 2020 or something like that, 2018, I believe. Um, he left Washington to go to the Vikings, but that's because he had played on two consecutive franchise tags. Right. So he was an he could have just walked. So a team could just pay him. If Lamar Jackson could leave the Ravens, he'd have a lot more leverage, but he can't. He still has to play on this year a franchise tag and they could tag him again for next year. And so I think that that's a big factor. Another factor to, to keep in mind is that guaranteed money goes straight into an escrow. So you have to have the money on hand. It has to be liquidated. You can't have it in assets. You can't have it just in your net worth. You have to have it basically in a bag. What are the to- Bengals doing right now? This is interesting. The Bengals are offering up naming rights to their stadium. It's now Paycor Stadium. Why? Who are they going to pay really soon? They got to <laughs> pay Joe Burrow. And you know, and Mike what, Brown Zach? has been notoriously cheap over the years. That's just an, everyone out there thinks these NFL owners are richer than God. But this is a lot of money that they need immediately. And a lot of them yes. have it in assets. And I know we're getting a little complicated, but this is an important point. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's not complicated. You need the money in a big bag. Basically. <laughs> there you go. Let, let's, keep it, let's keep it nice and simple. But I will say this. I think it also speaks to the uniqueness of Lamar Jackson. I think that he's a fantastically talented player. He's one of the best in the league when he's healthy. When he's healthy. He's missed 11 games the last two seasons with... A high ankle sprain in 2021, PCL sprain in his knee in 2022. There's questions about his durability long term as as a dual threat quarterback. And to me, he is a very underrated passer. He's a great passer, in my opinion. He led the league he touchdown is. passes one year. However, what makes him special is obviously his legs. You know, no one is more dynamic in open space than him outside of other skill position players. Like at the quarterback position, he's that dude. But again, there's questions about his health. There's also questions about not running a conventional offense with him and how successful you can be like in the playoffs with that. He's one and three as a starter. I get none of that. Not none of that, but not all of that is on him. Some of that is on him. Got to play better, but that's also a knock. And so I think that if the roles were like flip, this would Joe Burrow up, you know, right now saying, pay me. He had taken you to Super Bowl. He had been to two AFC championship games. I don't see how the Bengals say, all right, we're going to just roll the dice. Wow. Like no I think that they pay that. him He's the, best the guaranteed ever money. To them. I think if Patrick Mahomes were to ask, you know, he he's already on a 10-year, $450 million contract. But if he were up and he was saying, pay me a guaranteed contract, two hundred, he could probably ask for $300 million, and it would give it to him because he's Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think that Lamar's in that position where he has the success, the health, um, and just the overall leverage to say, pay me all this money. And so the Ravens are playing chicken, and Andy could get in on the sweepstakes, but – I just don't see it in a world where they're going to shell out five years, 250 for a guy that, again, is super talented, but super unique, which is, you know, both good and bad in some ways. And the last thing I'll say about this is, and Charles Robinson from Yahoo had a great story. I know we're supposed to plug our own work, but I applaud good work. He, he spoke to some agents anonymously about the whole Lamar Jack situation. And it's fascinating. I encourage everyone to go read it because there's a lot of nuance in it. And one of the things that he threw out there, and I kind of included in my piece, was it doesn't have to be five years, 250 or 230, whatever the case may be. It could be three years, 150, fully guaranteed, where, you know, the culture saying, hey, we're not going to give you all of that, but we'll yeah, give you a, a hefty payday. Part. Exactly. And if if you hit, if you smash this this deal and you and you ball out and you come out here and you kill it for the You could the be Colts, a free agent again before you're 30, which is what a lot when, of players want. The salary exactly, cap's not going down. Exactly. And... You know, in the Colts' case, if it doesn't work out, you're free of that after three years. You know, obviously you had to give up a lot to get them, 
But then by that point, you'd have your first round picks again, things like that. So there's a lot of factors into it. Because even like, for example, if you do the deal after the draft, then it will become your 2024 first round pick and the 2025 first round pick and all these other factors that are uh, very confusing and I've had to learn and read about. But I laid it out as best as I could just on like more surface level stuff. The biggest thing is just the money itself. You have to be able to give it up right away. The injuries and then the uniqueness of Lamar Jackson both as a player and then as a figure. I mean, I think that this is a guy who, to some people, he's Superman. To others, he's a glorified running back, which is so disingenuous. Like, he's really, really good. No, nah, he's, he's – I he's, watched he, a game two years ago in Baltimore. The Colts were up at least 14 in the fourth quarter, and that dude took over the game. Yeah, he, he's special, but not again – Not only with his legs. He's not conventionally special. That's what makes it also – like, I think if he were playing like a Joe Burrow, like a Patrick Mahomes, more like that, then he'd probably have, again, more say-so in getting his 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 money. But, of course, he always has a chance to just go back to the Ravens on the tag and keep playing there, which I think is probably the most likely scenario. I don't see a team shelling out enough money where the Ravens won't match. Because if you come in like with the safe offer or something, you just set the market for the Ravens, and they're just going to be like, okay, we'll match it, and he'll be back That's with an us. important part of this. Teams don't want to do the Ravens negotiations for them, which is essentially sort of what's possible this week, right? The Ravens are saying... All right, mm -hmm. we'll let the league, we'll let these other teams set the market for you. And teams don't want to help the Ravens. And and I had a conversation with him <laughs> right. last week that I that I really trust, and he made some good points. He's like, that was one of them. It's like, teams know this. Like, teams are going to be helping the Ravens if they negotiate with Lamar this week in terms of setting the parameters for a potential deal. The other reality is the money's real, and these owners are probably a little hesitant to shell out that kind of cash for a player who's maybe only going to play 11 or 12 games a year. The the, the style yeah. is very real in these guys' minds, and it's not lost on them that he's finished the last two seasons on the injured list, and he wasn't able to play in the Ravens' playoff game this year, and that's very real to them. He's a dynamic talent, but like you said, how he wins games, you know, I think Robert May said this on the Athletic Football Show like a week ago, like, name an older running quarterback. You can't because they don't exist. Yeah. And I'm not knocking Lamar's talent. I've, I've seen it firsthand, the dynamic talent that he brings to the football field, and he's 46 and 15, for God's sake, as a starter. <laughs> and the Colts need a quarterback in the worst of ways. So in that regard, it, you know, and let's play the hypothetical. that happens, holy crap, what a, like, what a change in the franchise's possibilities. Oh, my gosh. I think that I would just – I, I mean, would be wow. absolutely just over the moon from a, a coverage standpoint because I think that – from a personality standpoint, he's so unique where, and again, this is another thing that I want to throw out there too. You know, we hear about all these leaks and what he reportedly wants. He doesn't have an agent, right? So all the stuff you're hearing is not really coming from Lamar. That's a problem. Like, and I talked to the agent <laughs> about this, like these negotiations get really, really dicey, right? It gets really personal and it's really good to have a safeguard, a shield there, an agent to hear all the, the, the negotiating tactics from the teams and sort of shield you because they want you to be a part of their organization. They want you to be the face of it. And the fact that he doesn't have an agent, I feel like that really is put, that's, that's an issue here. I feel like that's not helped him. Now he's not going to have to give a cut to his agent when he signs whatever big <laughs> right. deal he does. But that's a real thing. And the other thing the agent said, and this is really important, the Ravens are really smart. They're really, really smart. They usually don't let guys leave the building that are good players. And they usually sign the ones that deserve to stay. 
And the fact that they're opening up a window to allow Lamar to possibly leave, we don't know what's going to happen, I think is telling because we all know how, how good of a football player he is. There's no other Lamar Jackson out there. There's no one that can do what he does. But the fact that the Ravens are willing to let him walk out the door and talk to other teams at 26 years old is pretty telling. That means, one, they're not close on these negotiations. And two, it feels like there's going to need they're going to need a desperate team to come in there and just swing for the fences with a whole lot of cash. We're talking a quarter of a billion dollars, probably have that on hand right away for a guy who hasn't finished two consecutive seasons and hasn't been as good recently as he was earlier in his career. Right. I, I would argue strongly he was better in 19 and 20 that he's been in 21 and 22. But again, he can take over any game at any moment. And it's I mean, he was electric this year. Like, let's point that out. Like the, the Ravens yeah. were goodness gracious. They were, they rolling. were awful. Right. 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 With him, he was unbelievable. Without him. We all him and Jonathan Taylor go. in the same backfield. Oh my gosh, who's stopping though that run? Don't even tempt anyway, me. But anyway, I'm again, just, not I'm falling for the bait. Right. Just to drive home the point, I think this is a very, 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 very unlikely scenario. But again, I think one thing I'll say to some people who comment and that's fine, always happens. Why write this? This is stupid. This is dumb. Hey man, we got over a month before the draft. If everyone's talking about this, I might as well lay out. Like how realistic it would be or what, what it would I take. Every I, team like with a quarterback hole. I think every team with a quarterback hole needs to evaluate it. Yeah, I think it's on the table in terms of something yeah. they should discuss. Again, I'm with you. I very, 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 very do not expect it to happen because there's a lot of things that would have to happen. But the discussions would be fascinating. And again, the Colts don't have, don't have a they don't have a quarterback right now. They, they, they don't have a future. And he would instantly become that. But again, don't expect it to happen. I do think this is going to be a really fascinating week to put a bow on this Lamar Jackson discussion, just because we've never seen this. We've never seen a 26-year-old a case former study. league MVP hit the open market, if you want to call it open. <laughs> it's not really open because the Ravens are still very much involved, but this is going to be fascinating. Again, I don't think the Colts are where he ends up. I think he probably goes back to Baltimore, but it's going to be fascinating because it was so interesting last week when he was tagged. Seven or eight teams came out immediately and said, no thanks, no thanks, we're not going to... And it's like, do you know how good this guy is? And it just feels like there's a lot going on, and, and we'll learn a little bit more. But I think the agent thing plays a role in this, him not having an agent. And I think the Ravens and their history also tells you a little bit about why this has gotten to the point it's gotten. So we'll see. But I think it's absolutely a conversation we should have. And I think the Colts, everything needs to be on the table for the Colts, right? Because there's no easy solution right here as we move into free agency. And then, like you said, six weeks to go until the draft. So we got a long way to go, man. We got a long way to go. <laughs> Pivoting. The Colts have a decision to make this week, and it's at the quarterback spot. Matt Ryan is due a little under $15 million in roster bonuses on Friday, March 17th. I cannot imagine a scenario where they keep him because of this number, $35 million next year. He was benched twice last year. He fumbled 15 times. He threw 12 picks. You guys watch the games. He can't play anymore. I can't imagine a scenario when they keep him. But James, I wonder why it's kind of taken this long. Yeah, I wonder too. But either way, maybe it's just for optics. And I kind of expect... And they're playing catch-up. Remember, they just dug into personnel last week because they didn't get the coaching staff done until Monday. Honestly, they want Steichen's opinion. Yeah, I expect even with certain decisions, and I learned this with the NBA trade deadline and free agents, like teams will just wait until the final hours of when they have to do something to finally do it. But right. Even though they know they're going to do it. <laughs> exactly, but... I mean, we all knew at the end of the season Matt Ryan is not going to be brought back. That would be a shocking development just because it doesn't make sense, like you said, from any angle. 
It doesn't make sense football-wise, and it does not make sense financially. If you want no. a veteran backup to be your guy in place of the rookie, go pay someone $5 million. You don't pay exactly. a backup $35 million. That's terrible no. cap management. And this is a team that's been pretty solid managing their finances the last couple of years. Yeah, you cut him. You eat the pay this season. For any Colts fans out there wondering if he'll retire, no. If I'm at Ryan, you pay me or you cut me, but I'm going to get at least $18 million. Do you want $18 million me. to do nothing? Because I do. Hey, I could find like a, a way. To, I could find a way to make that work. <laughs> sounds like a great, great life. But I think it also just speaks to where the franchise is going. Right, you're going to have to get ready for a young quarterback. And realistically, I can the only quarterback I can see being brought back for sure is Sam Ellinger. I don't expect Nick Foles to be back either. Um, on that end, so it just seems like your focus obviously has to be on your number four pick. Whoever you get with that, if it's a quarterback, it should be a quarterback, in my opinion. And then going from there and, and figuring out what bridge quarterback you're going to have because I can't see Matt Ryan going back. And even though he didn't play well, right, I don't think he deserves to, like, really get another shot at this. He was also dealt a terrible hand, and I don't know how much he would, you know, for the money he would probably in, in welcome coming back. But from a franchise standpoint, being benched, being, you know, getting the the, the plug, you know, put on you twice – the first time, you know, yeah, by, by powers that be, coaches. but and, yeah, like and an owner behind the scenes. Yeah, like that's that's got to irk him. And I know as classy as he is, and he was class all the way through. I give Matt Ryan a ton of credit for that because it was not a great season, but he stood there and he answered every single question every day. Didn't make any excuses to my knowledge, but nah, that's all pro. finding gravy. He's but a pro. yeah, he just can't be a pro in Indianapolis anymore. So, and I honestly have serious questions about his future in the NFL. Like, would a team yeah, be willing to bring him in as a bridge I guy, I, I as, don't. A, as a backup? Like, would he be willing? I mean, it, you know how it is. Like, when the great ones are done or get to the finish line, like, there's not much glory in hanging around just to be a guy, a locker room guy. Like, I imagine he wants to play because for so long he played at a high, high level. I know that wasn't the case last season, but let's not forget that Matt Ryan was a league MVP. I believe a four-time Pro Bowler, like he had some really, really high highs in this league. So that all sounds good, but he's yeah. 37, going 38 this year. And that's it. Maybe even if he was younger, I could maybe kind of, but he's going to be 38 this year. Tom Brady kind of put this thing in people, people's heads, even Aaron Rodgers to a certain extent, like you're going to be great for a long, long time. No, like usually when you hit 35, things start to go south. In yeah. the NFL, it's a physical league. Um, you know, you you have to. It's a lot of factors that go into staying and playing at a high level. I don't know how many vegan donuts <laughs> that he's been eating or whatever the case may be to 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 stay ready for the NFL. But money wise, he's gone, and I expect um that to be an easy and obvious decision to clear up cap space for them to make other moves and address other team needs because it's not just about you know Matt Ryan and his money. It's about using that money to go out and, and potentially, for example, using some of that money on, on right guard or using some of that money on a proven wide receiver, things like right. that, where that right. can immediately help this team yeah. um, get back and, and kind of, you know, find this identity again after going, you know, 4-12-1. Yeah, the thing that this team has done pretty well the last couple of years is they've certainly made mistakes, but when they've made a mistake, they've not doubled down on it. And that's right. something that Jim right. Mercedes mentioned, and that's something that Chris Ballard has mentioned. As bad as the Carson Wentz trade turned out to be at the end, they didn't let it continue into the year, the second year, right? They they just cut they cut ties with them. They got out of it, and they and look it smart them. for it, Zach. I mean, he and doesn't have a job now with, with a with a great trade, and 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 he was done, and he was done in Washington after 
one year as well. And and obviously that was the right move because that bore out over time. And I, I just can't see, I mean, like you've been around Matt Ryan, like he's kind of small, like he's not that physically yeah. imposing. And I think the death knell for quarterbacks at that age is velocity. And you guys all watch the games like we did. He doesn't have the same zip on his throws and it got a little worse as the season went on. And that's just what happened. Yeah, shoulder the injury. Thing. We saw the same thing with Peyton at the end. He was winning with his mind, not with his arm. And I think Matt, to a lesser degree, got by a lot this season with his mind. But again, it was falling apart. The ball control, the ball security, the in the interception that just stuck in my mind was the one in Tennessee. That just, oh, that one on the near sideline was just, that was a killer in that game. And I think that's really in Ursay's mind when it's cemented, we need to make a move at quarterback. But anyway. Credit to Matt Ryan, though. Four wins. Four comebacks. Nobody else won a game. Nobody yep. else won a game. Yep. <laughs> Four game winning drives who at the end. What a season. So, and I think very much in their minds is we don't want to be convinced. We don't want to talk ourselves into, we don't want to be swayed by the veteran quarterback market again. They've missed on two straight. They've talked themselves into those guys. They've given up draft capital to go get those guys. It didn't mm -hmm. work out with Carson Wentz, and they had to cut bait, and they did, and they got it out of that in a pretty miraculous fashion, considering Carson's not employed at the moment. And they gave up draft capital to go get Matt Ryan at 36, convincing themselves that he would be here for two years. They pushed some money back. That's why they're going to have to eat some this year. Jim Mercer wants to grow his own. He wants to draft a quarterback that's going to be an Indianapolis Colt for a long time. There's no guarantee that that works out, but it's time to do that. And I still think that's the move at four. If they don't think there's that much separation and we'll see what happens in the coming weeks and months, but I don't think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think they're still going to draft a quarterback at four. I don't know who it's going to be. And that's going to be the fun part. But before they get to that part, they got free agency, James. And I don't think it's going to be a very splashy free agency outside of the Lamar Jackson talks across the league. Tyquan Lewis is going to come back. Nice rotational piece on the defensive line. I think he's a pretty good player when he's healthy but he's had two consecutive season ending injuries on his knees. That's a little bit of a concern, but again, it's not a huge salary. Yannick Ngakwe, Brandon Faison, Rodney McLeod, Bobby Okereke, EJ Speed, Paris Campbell. Not the best free agent class for the Colts. There's some nice pieces in there for sure. What do you think happens over the next couple of days? I think Bobby is gone. <laughs> Probably to Where, Chicago. Where'd you get that idea? I mean, and it's funny. You see people... <laughs> Uh, you know, weighing in on his future, right? And and I get it. Like, they're doing their jobs. I respect people who, you know, report things off of their sources, which makes sense. But it's also funny when you've been around a team all season and you know you don't need a source for something, right? Like, yeah, Bobby Okereke played his butt off. Shaquille Leonard is on a massive contract. He missed the season. If he comes back and he's Shaquille Leonard again, Zaire Franklin stepped up. It makes sense for the Colts to move on and not shell out a bunch of money to keep Bobby Okereke on the team as, as he outplayed his contract he's earned his money and now i believe he's going to chicago um we'll see if that's the case but it makes sense from that standpoint but either whatever team pays him either could be the Colts just because they, they don't have the money to pay him it doesn't make sense to pay him so i consider him to be probably gone ej speed is one that intrigues me because of his uh he has like big playability when he's out there oh yeah but you just i just think you can't throw him out there and say be a starter he might seat that rollout on a different team. He still has some, also probably has some special teams, you know, uh, oh, that ability yeah. if needed. Does, you know, Cleveland and the Browns, you know, I know he, I know EJ loves 
uh, Bubba Ventron. We talked about him extensively. I remember when I quit, tweeted out that long quote that he had about Bubba. It went everywhere. And when Bubba got the job in Cleveland to kind of give people a glimpse of how players feel about him. And he wasn't the only one in the locker room that felt that way. So oh, there's no guarantees that he. Yeah. A lot of guys were pissed Bubba's not coming back, right? Yeah. I think he's more likely than Bobby. Unique, I know you wrote about this this morning. Maybe you can touch on him, but I don't know, Zach. I feel like he's just a journeyman, and his numbers look good. Like, if you just look at, like, his numbers. Yeah, but there's more to it than that. Exactly. Carson threw for 27-7 and seven last year, and everyone threw that number out. I'm like, you you got to watch the games, man. Exactly. And from um, watching the games, what did you see from Unique? Unique had a lot edge. of sacks at the end of a half. He had some sacks, and this is no fault of his own, like against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. Like, it was a busted play, and he had a free lane to the quarterback. Again, that's any pass rusher takes that. My gut tells me that the Ballard's ready to roll the dice with Dio and Quiddy at those two defensive end spots. That just feels like the next play. I thought Dio, at the end of the season, played pretty well and showed them something. Now, he's going to yeah. have to take a step up to be a starter. But again, Unique is sort of like a... He's like a hired gun to a degree. He doesn't play the run particularly well. He's great on rushdowns, but he doesn't play the early downs great. I'm not sure he's a prototypical three-down guy. And mm -hmm. yeah, he has a great relationship with Gus Bradley, and he was great in the community. But he's a 27-year-old pass rusher with a lot of numbers, like you said, and that's going to get a lot of teams interested. It's going to want a guy that can just come in there and do that one thing, which is the one thing the Colts have needed, get to the quarterback. But it just feels like the prudent move to let him go sign a big contract somewhere else and see if Dio and Quiddy, again, first and second round picks, they should be starters at that level, can hold down the fort there. Matt Pryor, I don't even think I, we need to discuss that. There's no way no. He, back. he can't play. What are your thoughts on Paris? Because I think Paris, he had the season he needed to have yeah. to create as much leverage as he could. But Zach, how much of a market is out there for him considering the injuries that he had his first three seasons? The flashes he showed in his fourth season, which were good but weren't great, large part due to the quarterback situation. But what do you think of of him and, and the ability to possibly retain him? I've always liked Paris's game. And I and I've said this even when he was injured for years. This good this dude can play. If he can stay on the field, he can play. I think he will have a market, and here's why. It's a pretty bad receiver market this year. There's no superstars out there. Odell Beckham's holding a workout, but that's not on the Colts radar. I do think Paris will have suitors and I think he can play. And I think the fact that he had a healthy season this year will help him immensely. And the fact that he was catching passes from three different quarterbacks, none of which could be protected, matters as well. The Colts are going to add something at receiver. I want them. They have I to. think they need to do something at both free agency and in the draft. And I think that's if you stay at four, I go receiver in round two. Let those let that quarterback and that receiver grow up together. A little bit like Peyton and Marvin, a little bit like Peyton and Reggie. Different era, different players, different skill sets. But again, the quarterback move is about the next five to ten years. Let's get him some pieces around him that he can grow up with. And you take the lumps early on because there's going to be lumps. That's how this league works. But I know the Marvin that Colts fans want, but he's just not available in this year's draft. Maybe next year. Maybe <laughs> next year. And then you just add Archmanian in a couple of years, right? It's that simple. Um, yeah, I, I would bring Paris back. I would feel good about him in the slot. If you can get him at the right price, they should free up some space with Matt Ryan being cut and, and freeing up about $17 million. That would put them at about $19 million or so. The other guy who I know really wants to come back, is Chase McLaughlin, who had a good year and maybe would solve the Colts' constant headache at kicking, right, that they've had the last couple of years. I mean, go back yep. to week one. Blankenship makes that kick indoors. What was it, like 45 yards? Like, 
Yeah. I don't know if the season goes much different. Probably not. It was always going to fail the way it did, but at least we wouldn't have to write about a freaking tie. You know, if you know, I mean, mean, Chase won him a game in Denver. Yeah. He only got his score for the Colts. (laughs) So um, I agree with you on that. I think Chase is a no brainer, actually. He's probably the easiest. I think he's the easiest decision they have. Like, he might be the period. only one that comes back. I, I mean, I think there's probably a good chance they pay EJ Speed as well. Mm-hmm. But Rodney McLeod, Ashton Doolin, I, I could see Doolin back. Great special teamer. His market's not going to be as lucrative because he was hurt for most of last season. But he mm-hmm. has that speed you want. Ballard loves yeah. him. And for the right price, I think he gives you a little bit of insurance at that four or five receiver spot. And you right. need that. You need every weapon you can have, and you need different skill sets for this young quarterback that's coming in. But Rodney McLeod? I don't know, Zach. I, mainly because he's older, right? He was on a one-year prove-it deal last season. And boy, did Proved he prove it. it. He balled out. But from his perspective, there's always retirement. You know, he's accomplished a lot in his career, which I think, you know, this is just me from the outside looking in. It's not the thing he said, but I think it's perhaps easier to walk away from the game when you're still healthy. You've got a Super Bowl ring. You play a lot of games. And this is a guy who... I believe he might have been undrafted and, you know, proved himself and kind of got it out the mud in a sense where he, you know, he was either undrafted or very late round pick and proved everyone wrong for over, I believe now about a decade or so in the league. And so you wonder if this is his ride off to the sunset or does he want to try to go somewhere where you can win now? He's not old enough to go through a rebuild or does he just love the game so much where he's like, I'll come back because, you know, I like my season in Indy and I just like it here so much. I'd be surprised. Um, it was a dark season, man. He yeah. was great, but like go back to November and December. Like those veterans. Some dog Buckner, days, man. Grover, Rodney McLeod. Stephon, like, like Stephon Gilmore. Do you think yeah. he expected that season to go the way it went? Like, yeah. And so, like they couldn't score a touchdown. Yeah. For like three my games gut is in a row. Yeah. My gut is kind of telling me that he's probably not going to come back. If he plays, you know, come back and play for the Colts. So they have to, and that's another spot they have the to look at. The other thing is, Where's Nick Cross, right? Like, remember, Nick Cross oh, was yeah. the starting safety yeah. the yeah. first two weeks of the season, but then he only played 120-some snaps. Right. Rodney Thomas was the rookie safety that, right. you know, stole the show. And he was a seventh-round pick out of Yale. And you feel good. You feel good about Rodney Thomas going into the next Oh, season. he was fantastic. So yes. You've got a, a young nucleus there. And you've got Julian Blackman, who's coming back, and, and he's entering a contract year. So you got Julian Blackman, you got Nick Cross, you got Rodney Thomas. It doesn't feel like they're going to make room for Rodney McLeod. Now, again, he was a late signing last year, but it, it, again, and this is something that people forget about a lot in these negotiations. It, there's two sides to this. Like, it's not just the team wanting a guy. The guy needs to want the team. Yes, and there might not be a lot of suitors out there, but the Colts are not. Sorry to break it to you, they're not an enviable destination right now. I know no. for a fact that last year, some receivers the Colts had shown interest in were like, "Well, who's your quarterback?" Because they had traded. Carson Wentz and they didn't sign Matt Ryan. They didn't trade for Matt Ryan until seven or eight days into free agency for that seven or eight days. While teams are looking, while players are looking for teams, if you're a wide receivers agent, you're asking Chris Ballard, well, who's your quarterback, right? Like who's my guy going to catch passes from? Because I want my guy to have the best chance to succeed. And without a quarterback, that's a very real situation. And the Colts uncertainty at quarterback right now, absolutely will play a, a factor in the minds of free agents, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That's that's the reality. That's where they're at. If you're a receiver and the money is the same between Kansas City and Indianapolis, where are you going, man? Like, where are you going? Like, that's how it works. So, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster had his career revived over there in Kansas City, as uh, the Eagles cornerbacks pointed out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Calling right. him TikTok boy. And he was on a lot right. of TikToks, but 
He got he's a Super, got Bowl, Super Bowl, ring. you know, now yeah. and now he's TikToking yeah. with Super Bowl rings. So there's a little difference. And the one yeah. last group I'll hit on is um cornerbacks. I don't think Brandon Faison is gonna be brought back. He had a really bad season. He does not look like an NFL starter to me. You know, Tony Brown, again, he's a lower level cornerback, special teams guy. He doesn't move the needle at all. But, you know, again, again, it's a body that you had that you probably might not have as a free agent. And so how do you upgrade at that position? Obviously, you have to get some talent in free agency. Do you also pick up some cornerbacks in the draft? That's another group that needs to be kind of stabilized. And even Stephon Gilmore, I understand, like, he has one year left on his deal. He had a heck of a season last year. And he's going to hate me for saying this, but how much longer can he be? you know, your number one guy until you go out and get someone who could possibly become that in the future. And so that's a group that I think has to be addressed as well. So we talk about giving up draft capital. This is what we're talking about. Yes, you have to address this stuff in free agency, but it helps a lot to keep your draft capital and have these picks where you can help fill more of these holes this season and possibly next season as well, because this is going to be a long-term rebuild. But if you move up to number three, for example, you give up, you know, Right. A second rounder or a third rounder. Is, like, it should be a starter for five or six Yeah, games. exactly. That's And a they have drafted need. pretty well. I know that's up for debate. They've missed on some guys for sure. But look, you always need more corners. You always need more pass rushers. And they're, they're at a pretty tenuous spot at cornerback right now, if you look at it. They're very thankful that they signed Gilmore to a two-year deal. He's back. But again, he's, he's what, 33 years old. And he takes great care of his body, and, and there's no reason to believe he won't have another solid year next year. But beyond that, who's next in line? Who's your young quarterback on the come? Isaiah Rogers. And, and he had a good season, but again, he's never played full-time, never been the starter, like a lot of his traits, like his speed, like his catch-up ability. But again, you're going to let go of Brandon Faison, and then where, where are you going to go? You need corners. You need corners. And this defense is something we probably overlooked a little bit because they were pretty consistent most of the year. Most of the year, they were pretty solid. There were so many issues on offense. So much of our time was spent dealing with an offense that was just utterly abysmal. But there's no guarantee this defense is as good next year as it was this year, and that's the reality. And, and Ballard loves defense, so they need to attack that. Either in I, probably a veteran cornerback, mid-level guy they'll probably add, and then you got to draft one and develop one as well because you need some in the cupboard because Gilmore's not going to be back after next year. I just don't see that situation. So all told, I think it's going to be a fairly quiet free agency period across the league with one notable exception. Lamar Jackson is such an interesting situation. We'll see what happens there. But I don't know, man. It's it, it, This is really like the tease before we get to the real, real, real big stuff in April when the draft arrives. But Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think the Colts are going to make too many fireworks this week. You guys you guys are veterans out there, right? You know how this works, right? The big free agency first wave comes. The Colts do nothing. Everybody gets mad. What's Ballard doing? Is he even at work? He's waiting it out. He's waiting it out. And I don't expect that to change a whole lot this year. They might re-sign some of their own, which he likes to do. Does his approach change because some because last year was so bad and because some of his decisions were so bad? Maybe, maybe a little bit. We've identified some needs, but again, they're not going to be coming out guns blazing and signing everybody under the sun because that's just not how this team is built. I completely agree. I mean, it would be great to cover a bunch of signings and money being spent, but you pointed it out in your own story this morning. The Chargers spent a ton of money. Didn't work out. The Jets have always spent a lot of money in free agency. And I laugh because they're the Jets, and, and maybe they'll get it right. They haven't made the playoffs for- since 2011. Maybe Aaron Rodgers goes over there and yeah, my, my guy Sauce Gardner. 
and, and Garrett they Wilson. Good, man, they got a good guys, young team. Like, they got good defense, but exactly. So we'll see if that changes things. But like you pointed out, um, it's not a guarantee if you spend money that your team's going to be better or good enough to really do something. I'm excited either way, just because I know with each day that passes, we're getting closer to the draft, closer to an answer, closer to everyone who can stop yelling at me whenever you write about any quarterback. It can be anyone. I think I thought about this the other day, Zach. I think the only quarterback in the NFL you can write about or say anything about that doesn't get like scrutiny is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's untouchable. Everyone else is like, you, yeah. like there's going to be somebody who says he sucks. And it's That's like, why the NFL rules. Like, Everyone's yeah. got an opinion. And this is opinion season. Oh, I love it. I mean, it, I, I enjoy it's it. It's different during the season. It's a little bit different because you get you get outcomes, right? You get results every single week. You get those exactly. questions answered to a degree. We don't get the questions answered now until April 27th. And then it's a whole nother level of discussion because it's like, oh, they screwed up or they nailed this pick. And we don't know. We don't know for two weeks. So honestly, be the fun probably... part, but it's, I'm exhausted already, man. And you know what, Zach? And this is just the honest truth. And I know no one wants to hear this. We will not really know if they hit or miss on a pick. And that goes for any team as far as quarterbacks for like two years, two or yeah. three years. And, and Chris Ballard talked about that. Chris Ballard oh, was right. like, these guys get drafted, you know, they become the face of the franchise right away, right or wrong. And you kill them if they're losing and you, you know, you, you sing their praises or the next coming, you know, if they're winning. And so that cold conversation is going to come eventually as well. So, um, and it's not going to be a guy that walks in and wins 11 games like Andrew Luck did in, in 2012 no, with, a, no, with a pretty no. mediocre roster. And he made a good point, and, and this came to my mind as well. Bernard Ryman, right? He was a third-round pick. He had only played 18 games at left tackle in college, and he started midway through the season, and Struggled I thought early. he played well late in the season. He got better, mm -hmm. and that's what you want to see, but there yep. were certainly problems early, and he got brutalized some weeks. And that's the real thing. And, and I think they're going to stick with Bernard Ryman and let him grow up, but fans want these guys to be ready right away. And that's not <laughs> how it works. And he pointed to a really good example. Anthony Costanzo had some rough times early in his career. And I know this is before you joined the beat at the end, he was one of the best left, left tackles in football. He was so unbelievably consistent, but early on he had his troubles, especially at that left tackle spot. And it's not that dissimilar from quarterback. You want these guys to be the guy right away. The position's too hard. These are grown men, and it's such a jump from college to the pros. So patience is not something that the social media world has in bunches. Just as a reminder, just because a guy isn't killing it his first year does not mean he's not the answer down the line. That's the fun part. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Literally got a coaching change and a few more playmakers, and he looked like Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Last thing I'll say and he is... he was terrible as a rookie. Objectively <laughs> terrible. Yep. Last thing I'll say is, you know, welcome to the real world, Colts fans. This is what it's like. For every team that is not indie, there's not a Peyton Manning, there's not an Andrew Luck. And again, this is your chance to probably get another guy of that caliber, but it isn't as clear as you as it is, as it was in the past. I mean, those two guys were very easily the number one pick and no one had any say so about it. And, you know, we'll see how number four works out. But it's funny, you know, being my family, being full of Bears fans and they're all excited about, you know, having the number one pick and just to feel all the other stuff but like you look at a team that hasn't had a quarterback probably ever <laughs> who's been like a great great quarterback it's the bears they haven't won anything because that that's what happens like, so it's been true for like 60 years <laughs> exactly so you know it's funny that the colts really were fortunate to get two great great quarterbacks now they're trying to get that third one but again it just isn't on a silver platter for them to take you gotta do it the hard way and um i think this is where 
Chris Ballard makes or breaks his tenure. Honestly, I, I don't. I don't see how you survive this if you're you finally pick a quarterback and doesn't work out. And you better hope and pray that Bryce Young does not. You know, if he goes to Houston at two, you better hope and pray he doesn't become like a Pro Bowl All Pro guy who just kicks your behind for the next 10 years, because in that case, it'll be him, Trevor Lawrence in the same division. And Oh my yeah. gosh. I, then they'll know be... what the Titans and the Jags and the ah. Texans felt for so long. We'll see. Ah. Zach will drop another podcast like 10 years from now to recap just everything that went right or wrong. <laughs> Can I have a, at least a week off? I don't think I've taken one since the luck podcast <laughs> came out. It's been, it's been that long of a season. And then we just jump right into the draft and free agency. Free agency tampering begins at noon today. The official league year starts at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. You guys know the drill. The Colts probably will not make any big outside moves until the second wave, but we'll see. We'll see where they're at, and I think the moves will reflect their thinking on where they're at after 4-12-1. And, and Ballard said he was going to evaluate every inch of the operation. He needs to because some big mistakes were made last year, and, and I could see – I could see a situation where Ryan Kelly is released to save some cap room. I could see a situation where they shop Ryan Kelly and he might be hard to trade because he's coming off a pretty poor season and a year in which, you know, he's he's making a lot of money. So that might be hard to find a trade partner. We've mentioned Kenny Moore on here as well. Hard to see him being back next year, but again, he's under contract and he has been a very good player for this team in the past. So we'll see, but I think there's a lot of balls in the air right now for this team. And they're making a lot of phone calls, and we'll see what happens over the coming days and weeks. But for James Boyd, I'm Zach Kiefer. Thanks for listening to the Upper Quartile podcast. Had to make sure oh, I yes. got that right <laughs> as we move into the new era of football. Thanks for listening. We've got a busy couple of weeks coming up with free agency, and we will be back with you guys next week to check in on all the news that's happened so far.